0: Hello, hello, hello. This is Dr. Brian Caraba with Well Articulated Dental Podcast. Today we have one of our crew, two of our crew. We have Steve V with us.
1: Hi, Dr. I- Caraba. It's great to be back.
0: Oh, there we go. Ha ha ha. And an interview we've been wanting to get for a long, long period of time. This guy goes on the farm sometimes, he travels, he goes skiing, and he has a wonderful dental practice of 30 plus years. And now he's a full-time instructor at the Midwestern University in Downers Grove, Illinois. I want to present one of my buddies, uh, Devin, uh, Dr. Kevin Patterson. Uh, he was director of the Chicago Dental Society. Um, his final year was my first year in uh, the CDS board, and he was the chair of the finance committee. And um, where we graduate from there?
2: Uh, I... I'm from Pennsylvania. I have a a bachelor's degree from the University of Pittsburgh and uh, I went to dental school at Northwestern. Graduated in 1986.
0: Northwestern. When did Northwestern close? That closed when I was in dental school. 93, I think. 2000 or so. Was it? Okay. Yeah, they were after Loyola. Was it? Okay, yeah. Yeah. That that was unfortunate. It was. Yeah, so another dental school that went down the hobs. But anyhow, we got you in finally for our interview. I
2: appreciate the opportunity. Uh,
0: Excellent. Oh, man, we're so happy you're on board and of course, we want you to be part of the well articulated dental podcast team also so periodically we're going to get kp and dr kp to do a couple of our things and um He's a mastermind of some of our our fun magic that we're creating, also. So we're gonna give him the floor a bit, and uh, basically we want his story. What brought him into dentistry? Why does he wanna dig in people's mouths? What did it, it? What did it develop? Why did you wanna get into dentistry? You know, Come on, KP. When I
2: was a, I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania. And when I was a kid, my uh, my dentist was my little league baseball coach. I always really liked him. Uh, you know, and I, I remember you know in elementary school my friends you know and I saying we're we going to be dentists and uh, and then it kind of got away I kind of got away from it in high school I was thinking maybe physical therapy or something like that but back at the University of Pittsburgh uh, I did a uh, a research project at at Pitt Dental School and uh, I was you know I saw the dental students there and I kind of it came back to me about wanting to be a dentist when I was a kid and. As I saw the uh, the students, I thought, you know, I could do this, and uh, um, you know, that's how it came about. And when I when I went to my ten year high school reunion, uh, one of my buddies was like, "I remember we were both going to be dentists when we were little kids. I can't believe you did it." And uh, you know, but uh, um, here I am. So So, it's been a great career for me.
0: uh, What a path, huh? Yeah. So in the the baseball. What, did you have any tooth evulsions? Anything funny going on? Did did the coach have to do anything on the, the field?
2: Uh, you know, do you he was just a, he was just a great guy. I mean, I okay. remember going to the office and and you know that was in the old days of belt drive handpieces and stuff like that. And okay, uh, okay, yeah. sometimes it hurt a little bit, but he was always just a nice man. And I was going to see my coach and uh, and you know he was very approachable. Uh, I grew up in a blue collar family. I'm from a small town and. And the role models in town were, you know, the physicians, the the dentists, the you know, there was a few family in practice, town. yeah. And it was, yeah. uh, you know, it was, and you know, my my family was, you know, they they always, you know, were were very uh, supportive of education. They wanted me to have a good education. Um, you know, my mom was a valedictorian, but uh, but didn't get a college education, and uh, uh, you know, she but she really, you know. Pushed me and, and kind of one generation standing on the shoulders of the previous generation. You know, it was uh, it was something that they, they wanted for me. And when I was when I was at Northwestern the or I'm sorry when I was at Pittsburgh the uh, the the dental school research project led to a, a project at the medical school and the the professor there uh, knew that um, I wanted to be a dentist and he said you should go to Northwestern. He was from London but he had done a, a fellowship at uh, University of Chicago and i was like where's northwestern you know i (laughs) i I hadn't ever been to chicago i'm from the east coast and uh you know it was uh but you know my mom said i got an interview and my mom said oh i'll drive let's go Uh, i've never been to chicago either so she drove me out here and you know i ended up uh you know getting married and spending my career in chicago and and you know i I, for me one of the greatest honors was being chairman of the chicago dental society finance committee because When they, you know, I'm a complete outsider. I'm from some small town in Northern Pennsylvania. And when they put you in charge of all the money at the Chicago Dental Society, it means that they like you and, and they respect what you've done with your career. So. And you
0: did such an outstanding job. You inspired the heck out of me when I jumped on board, and just thank you. You bro. know your reports and just you know just so professional about everything. And it was just it's such a pleasure to work with you in the past, the now, the future. You know that's that's why we got you on this team too. Thank so you. we're gonna have a bright future all together. So were you homesick at all when you came to Northwestern? You
2: know. It was north. It was uh, my class was from all over. I had six classmates from Hawaii, a dozen from California. I mean, one of my best friends was from Oregon. Uh, My roommate was from the Detroit area. It was uh, that diversification. Every people there. Oh, it was great. I mean, we had fun. You know, it was. uh, You know, they were all hearts, huh? It was very. It was. It was great. It was. uh, We had a. We had a wonderful class. And uh, you know, uh, a, a lot of them. You know through Facebook and stuff, I'm still in touch with them. And, uh, and it's been great, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's one of the things, I gave a lecture at Midwestern recently and I, I told the students to, you know, value and appreciate your classmates because for some of them, you won't see them again. This The fourth year students are only a few months away from graduation and uh, it's not going to be that much longer. And, and for some of them, you know, you're, you're so close during the four years of dental school and then all of a sudden everybody, you know, lives begin life begins, life begins the careers begin and uh yep. you know they're they're gone and,
0: there's a lot a lot of debt unfortunately they got to pay there's a lot of you know they got to find their way in terms of where they're going to find a location you know there's a lot on their minds you know when i was at midwestern too sorry to take this over a little no bit but um the hearts and you know they're great students there but you know you got to you got to put Take them from under the wing and let them go, too. And, you know, they got to figure things out like we did. You yeah. know, we had our challenges when we got a dental school also. It wasn't easy. You know, you ran a practice for 30-plus years. I ran one for close to 25 years. Yeah. You know, so we're kind of warriors in that own sense because being dentists behind the chair the whole time and still running a practice and still training and managing and dealing with the— Insurances, BS, or oh, sorry, benefits, not insurance. Let me re- rephrase well, that's,
1: that. That's two whole jobs. You know, you, yeah, you, we wear a lot of patients, hats there, is, man. Which is not a simple job, totally. and and then you've got to run a small business, which is not a simple job. So, Kevin, early in your career, you you did uh, you were involved in a couple of different practices. Why don't you walk us through, you know, how you evolved from like an associate starting dentist up to a guy running a big practice with, with a Beautiful lot, of, lot of other associates. Beautiful. I,
2: you know, I came out of dental school and I just needed, you know, a job. And the first job that I got uh, uh, was a, a practice that had advertised through the University of Illinois. And uh, um, I, went to the, I went to the office and uh, the, the, the owner of the practice was saying, you know, the equipment's really not working in that, that office or the operatory that I was thinking of putting you in and uh, or putting an associate in. So, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to hire anybody. And I, I looked at him and I said, listen, if I bring my tools and I fix the equipment in the room, can I have a job? And uh, huh. he said, okay. And, uh, there was a there was a big cephalometric X-ray in the uh, in the uh, antique-looking thing in the uh, operatory, and I didn't realize that it had a 300-pound counterweight inside. And I oh. unbolted it from the ceiling, and it almost tipped over on me. But uh, oh. I got that thing down and got that moved out. I brought tools. I fixed uh, some uh, leaks in the uh, in the dental unit. I brought pictures from home. Cleaned, scrubbed, and cleaned the room all up, and uh, it became one of his best operatories. And and it was funny because I, I noticed that he was using it on when I wasn't there, and, uh, you know, but, uh, and, and, you know, uh, it was, it was great. I mean, I, I worked in multiple different practices. I've, I've told some of the young dentists that I advised them to work in two oppor- or two different associateships because I was always looking for the next opportunity. And I would, you know, I would work in an office for a little while and I, and, you know, I'd find something else. And if it was more attractive, I would quit the lesser of the two and move to the next opportunity. What made
0: it more attractive? Was it always a financial point or was I, it a more of a heart? I was trying or?
2: to learn as much as I could uh, about practice management, both, you know, I saw, I learned in being an associate in eight different practices. I learned both, you know, things I wanted to do and, and things that I would never do. And, uh, you know, I've told young dentists if, if they're doing things in the office that, you know, just aren't right, then get out of there. But otherwise, you know, I was able to go from practice to practice and, and find better and better opportunities and work my way into better practices. And I, I learned all of them. I'm grateful for all of the opportunities that I had. Uh, uh, I was partners in a couple of practices and, uh, uh, you know, so. So when did just,
0: you get your first practice? After how many years of graduation?
2: My third year, our fourth year out, one of my classmates and I did a scratch start. And we did that nice where start. we each worked the office three days a week. We my wife was from the area in Brookfield where we started the practice. We, the practice was in Riverside, and uh, and um, uh, my partner Kim Carey was my classmate. She she was from that area, so we each we did a scratch start. We found a um, a developer that was uh, rehabbing a building as medical office space, and we convinced them to build us a dental office, so we didn't have to pay any. Uh, any upfront costs as far as the construction goes. We borrowed some money for uh, two operatories worth of equipment and we were in business and uh, we each worked it three days a week. And uh, so it was open six days a week and we took outside jobs and I took a a part-time job down in South Chicago and I discovered that I made more money working in, you know, kind of a a tough uh, South side neighborhood that didn't have very many dentists and uh, uh, that was you know, kind of an eye-opener to me. And then after a few years, uh, uh, I was offered a partnership in that practice, and I ended up selling my share of the Riverside office to Kim, which worked out for her because we had enough for her to be there full-time. Hmm. And uh, so I, I went to South Chicago, and I, I did that for a few years. And And then I struck out on my own, and uh, you know I got the uh, Riverdale practice that was uh, Leo Finley's practice and Wayne Helges. Uh, Leo,
0: holy cow! Leo Finley's practice? Wow! uh, That
2: was his his father's practice. Uh, Leo was sixty years old, and he had been president of the Chicago Dental Society, and he had been an ADA trustee, and uh, you know. But uh, he he ended up working for me for thirteen years, and uh, it was such a blessing, Leo. Leo and I became great friends. Uh, we went fishing in uh, Canada uh, four times. He and, had a heart of gold. Didn't oh, he? he was the best. Yeah. Leo was the best. And he yeah. was also, you know, Leo's dad had been a farmer and uh, a farm boy from Minnesota that came to uh, Chicago. And, uh, and Leo used to work on his dad's farms. And, uh, and Leo was a real Mr. Fix It, too. You know, uh, I had a lot of tools and stuff. And uh, because I owned the building, and Leo had built on to his dad's practice in 1973 and and uh so leo knew the building really well uh, you know when i purchased the the, the building. you're not
0: using hammer and chisels for extractions are you no 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 but okay, we, just, we,
2: we just, were well, always he,
1: he does have a t-shirt that says don't make me get the ply yeah
0: or not the rubber mallet. you know the rubber mallet. <laughs> oh, yeah. if the anesthetic doesn't work we throw that stupid yeah. over out there sometimes i oh, sorry to cut you no off. no we,
2: we, <laughs> the thing is where i was going with that is this that we're i I've always been a, a hands-on, do-it-yourselfer, fix-it kind of person. If something's broken, uh, you know, I don't run to buy a new one. I break out my tools and I start that's, fixing it.
0: That's us. That's yeah. what we do. And uh,
2: and you know, and and that was you know when, I've over you know, over the years I've I've uh, I've heard dentists say that our system is broken. Uh, with that, with regard to dental insurance and with regard to patients' payment. And, uh, uh, you know, the system is broken. And, uh, you know, I know... Uh,
0: it's a difficult system to work with, especially when we're treating our patients, you know, from the kindness of our heart and trying to do the next right thing. And we're getting slammed by different group, it, you know, group insurance. But it is insurance.
1: the way it's done, right? And so yeah. almost all... It's, it's kind of like accepted by dentists when they come in but it's been there for decades yeah this is the way it is and and you learn it and then that's the way and what is the benefits well it has really
2: evolved in the time you know over the course of my you know but you gotta think about the
0: medicare years you know back in the 70s you know the state was paying for a lot of stuff it was a lot of state-run stuff and that unfortunately that got taken advantage of and then they had to revamp that system and now we're plugged in with the Medicare in the state of Illinois that's basically in the same pool as the medical so medical absorbs tons of it from dental you know that that's we could we know all about this we could take one or two podcasts that just on this stuff the screech besides the insurance benefits we're talking about the screech on my mind is a dentist saying tools all the time Behind the dental chair, aren't they instruments? It's instruments, but I'm talking
2: about tools in my office. I know, but it's uh, it's they're not instruments when I'm doing the plumbing and the wiring and the. uh, But
0: it's funny hearing that come from a dentist's mouth, knowing that tools are for, you know, building for fixing, and instruments are professional instruments for the mouth. That. So like, that's what I always push on my on a students.
1: Patient with a thing that says Milwaukee on the side. Of the <laughs> no, I, I don't know. <laughs>
0: you know that we got to keep those secrets behind. So it's like that power drill. Oh no! <laughs> so in terms of where you're at now, you got through 30 years of practice.
2: Yeah, and, I, I sold my practice in 2019, and and, uh, and I sold it to a former associate. I had a nine chair practice when I sold the practice. Uh, you know, multiple associates. We had. Forty-two thousand patients of record it was, had to be one of the larger practices in the chicago and
0: you country. rotated associates th- through you were we, a, oh, we a had, person we, that had, let people, people grow
2: we had people that were there some some were there for 10 years but You're i mean uh you That's know awesome. they were and th- there's associates that i hired they're still there and uh manil shah bought my practice he was a dentist that i hired out of dental school and uh and he worked for me for six years, and he did great. and uh, And he came to me after six years, and he said, "I'm thinking of buying a practice." And I told him, "You're going to crush it." And uh, And he took a practice that was doing five hundred thousand, and he took it to a million the first year that he had it. And you, uh, you know, um, he uh, and that I've told other young dentists that's how you that's how you shrink the debt of the practice. Uh, you know, is you grow the business.
0: But if there's a will, there's a way too. And there is a lot of challenges, like we said earlier on. Um, And there are financial obligations. There are challenges we're going to win, challenges we're going to lose, you know. And fortunately, you know, in dentistry, if you just do the next right thing for your patients, you know, those challenges get less and less and less over the years of practicing. And the whole goal, you know, hopefully having your own practice of your own or working under someone that has a kind heart. And, you know, there's, there's different avenues to be a dang good dentist.
2: True that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, our, you know, not everyone wants to have their own business. I, I think that, you know, there still needs to be a path for people that do want to have their own business.
0: Uh, but there's different options, too, and we don't want the dental students to be scared about what's out there. It's just a concern to us that some of the entities that they're getting gripped into you know, there's a point of exhaustion. You know, you can only work eight, 10 hour days. There's only
2: so much dentistry in each dentist. And
0: day. you can't profit on a daily basis, as we know. You know, when you're in dentistry, you, you get preparations, you're doing crown preps, you're doing all this, you know. It takes removal. a lot of concentration. So, yeah, and but I'm getting at the, the financial aspect of it. An MBA can't run a dental practice because they're not behind the chair. They don't know some days we do deliveries and try-ins the whole day. You can't make a profit on a day. Give me a profit margin over a month, over a week, over a quarter. True. You know, that daily stuff just drives me bonkers. So for the students, if you have to do a daily profit margin and extend workout, that is uncomfortable dentistry for people like us. So we always did the next right thing for our patients, and we went home with a smile on our face, and we could look in the mirror the next morning and say, let's get back to it. So that's why I love Kevin so much. He's, he's similar to that Chefky guy, that tenacious one over there. So he was supposed to be here today, and um, or fortunately... He's got a new little one in the family. So he's got grandbaby he had to visit today. So he had to cancel out on our interview. This was Kevin's awesome interview. Um, he's going to be on some future podcasts because he's on the team. And would you like to end this by saying anything? Or
2: how do you want to cap this off? I'm, I'm just uh, thankful for the opportunity to be here, Brian. Uh, you know, I've... Uh, uh, we finally got you here. for a long time, and uh, <laughs> I've always had fun and had a, had a, had a lot of fun uh, being around you and hanging out and stuff. And, uh,
0: it was funny, uh, before this podcast even started, you know, I'm prepping up and everything, and then I had to go downstairs. And all of a sudden, I hear these two laughing their tail <laughs> off. I'm like,
1: I got to get up there. I got to see what's going
0: on up there. So, well, you know, uh, it's let, just let, great. <laughs> let me take a
1: moment to thank Dr. Patterson, because I have yeah, a this... personal personal uh, situation that he changed my life in a fairly major way. Back in 1992, he was relatively early in his practice, and I went to see him as a patient. Now, full disclosure, his wife and my wife are cousins, and that's how we've known each other for 30-some years. Anyway, I went in there and he said, you know, you don't floss, do you? And I said, no, 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 that's just kind of a waste of time. I don't do that. I mean, I was a 20-something-year-old male, why would I bother flossing, right? So. So uh, 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 he said, okay, well, I can fix that up for you. And he made it just painful enough (laughs) that I said, hey, how can I prevent that in the future? <laughs> and he said, floss every day. And I Let am the here bleed to say, begin. since 1992, <laughs> I have flossed every single day. I had to put floss in the in the glove compartment of my car. In Do my your gums soul, in my bleed anymore? A, no, no, no. Ah? My gums, yeah, I mean, you, could take, you could take those power tools that say Milwaukee on the side, <laughs> and you can hit my gums. And, and no, really, I, I, I started flossing, and every single day since 1992, I have flossed my teeth. Know and I how much no healthier issues. you are? Yeah, I cardiovascular, know. It, it, it really head to is. toe. It is remarkable. And and uh, when I go to the dentist now, my objective, of course, is to be the healthiest mouth that they're going to see all day. But I always go like first thing in the morning just to make sure.
0: Oh, yeah, before the <laughs> coffee or after the coffee?
1: <laughs> oh, after the coffee. Oh. <laughs> so I, I have the coffee because I have to have the coffee when I wake up. I get up really early and I got to have the coffee. And then then uh, then I go and I do it. But I have, Kevin gave me an H6, H7 scaler about that same time. And I've been using it for all these years. And and when I do go in for my cleanings, they say, oh, I can see where you used the scaler. You missed a spot over here. And I said, well, you know, I can't see that well with my little bathroom mirror.
0: I used to drive my office staff nuts doing that. I used to stand in front of the mirror because you get that buildup under the tongue. So on the lingual, on the tongue side of those those lower anteriors. I'm, I'm picking away and they're like, Dak, what are you doing? I'm like, I got to Then I'm doing... You know, making that (laughs) sound like, yeah! Nice and clean. I can
1: floss and better. Anyway, well, thank, thank you for you, that Dr. story. Patterson. That was great, and you changed great. my life. Uh-huh.
0: Right? I think he changes a lot of lives, so he's a all my kids, person, by the way, great person, great way, Floss
1: every day as a result of this. Mm. What, what about after fatty.
0: sweets? What do we drink after sweets? I
1: think they, I think they swish water around okay. in their mouths after we, sweets. Yeah. That's what you well, do. Let's
0: always dilute the saliva. So that's the way we're going to end it. How many times a day should we brush? Two, three times a day. Floss every day, and what do we hit after sweets? We drink that water, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're uh, capping this one off. Great interview with the KP, Dr. Kevin Patterson. Thank so, you. thank you for your time. We're very appreciative that you're here. So, thanks much, and God bless. Thank you. Thanks, team. Well thanks, articulated. Man. Thank you.
2: Woohoo!